This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Thank you once again for joining us as we journey onward towards creating a just society right where we are. Uh, It is summertime as we record this, and uh, here in Portland, Oregon, I can tell that it's summertime, not just because the rain is shut off, which, by the way, um, the rain does come to the Pacific Northwest, as it is well known for, but when you get to uh, summertime, the rain just completely shuts off, just no thunderstorms, no... None of that, just uh, blue skies day after day. I love it. It's 83 degrees a day and absolutely clear blue skies. And I can also tell that it's summertime because all of the tourists have descended upon Portland. Uh, And the reason I know that the tourists have descended on Portland, it's not because of the strange clothes they're wearing or any of that, but rather because the freeways are gridlocked all day long every day instead of just rush hour so that tells me there's a lot of people from out of town on the roads which is good and uh if you're a tourist in portland i hope that you are enjoying your time and enjoying oregon it is a beautiful uh, place out here in fact this last weekend speaking of the beauty of oregon i like the desert and about two-thirds of oregon is desert And uh, once you get about an hour or so east of Portland, it turns to desert. Brown mountains and lots of sagebrush. And I, you know, took my son out there this last weekend. We went swimming in the Deschutes River of Central Oregon and thoroughly enjoyed the canyons. And we did uh, uh, some hiking in the canyons as well. Uh, One of them, it's beautiful uh out there and enjoyed that time and it is you know things you do in the summer get out and enjoy nature now i've talked about this before but when if you're a person who works especially consistently in the work of social justice you've got to find balance you've got to take breaks get your mind off of things recharge and renew and so that's what i did this last weekend I didn't give any thought to the injustices going on in the world. I just gave thought to my son, thought to God, and just enjoyed the beauty and relaxation. And then come Monday, I got back into it. So, uh, And it's summertime, and that means gatherings, lots of people gathering. A couple weeks ago, I was walking through my neighborhood in the evening, and I saw people gathering. There were people in their front yards with their neighbors uh, and friends and family, uh, you know, uh, could smell barbecues coming from the backyards uh, of people. And there was gatherings there. Um, I don't know about your neighborhood and my neighborhood. I'm in an urban neighborhood. Uh, still a lot of trees. That's just life in the Pacific Northwest, trees and urban life going together. But my neighborhoods, you can hear live jazz music. I've got a 
neighbor about three houses down and they've got a jazz band and they practice in the evenings and the whole neighborhood can hear them practicing so i get live jazz music in the evenings but you hear people drinking and laughing together gathering and today i want to present to you the idea of gathering as a way to social justice uh, you know social justice doesn't have to be the super serious absolutely you know we're ultra-focused type of approach, but the work of social justice can happen and really begin in the simple act of gathering as humans. Uh, there's all kinds of ways that we gather, you know, as humans. We gather with, like I said, picnics and barbecues. We gather for family reunions. We And if we, <laughs> if we need to build community, it's among our relatives, uh, we tend to get uh, in fights and stop talking to relatives, and maybe one act of justice is reconciling with our relatives. Um, and, uh, and and just learning how to be together. Uh, you know, church gatherings. I know my parish once a year has an international festival, a uh, very diverse parish that I'm part of. Lots of people from India, Africa, Asia, different parts of the world uh, in this rather large parish. And um, and once a year they have an international festival and you have a big gathering after the Saturday evening mass and you have all these international foods. Well, there you go, gathering, ways of gathering and inventing ways of gathering. I know a friend who opens up her home. Uh, for, for other uh, women who are starting small businesses such as braiding hair, which in the African culture that is a very valuable business. And so she opens up her home for those just getting their business started and allows them to use her home uh, to do that. And there's gathering happening there and justice allowing these women to thrive uh, by having a space in her home to get their business off the ground. But there, there's all these ways uh, and, and uh, um, of just being together as humans. Now, the reason why I present this is because... We often oppress or are unjust to people that we don't know. A, pe a person that we perceive as a stranger or an invisible person. So, for example, the immigrants and refugees coming up through the southern border of the United States, I know many of them by name, and I meet with them often throughout the week. So I know some of these people coming up. But to most people who just hear about them on the news, they judge these people from the couch, the comfortable couch of their living room. And what I hear of judgments, and when people hear that I work with immigrants and refugees, they, they, they judge and they say, well, these people are carrying drugs, and why can't they just stay in their own country? Well, because life is hell in their own country, and if they don't want to leave their home, they love their country, but their country's falling apart, and there's war and bombs and all kinds of evil happening and so they had to escape for their lives i know them but the point i'm bringing is that uh uh you've got these injustices and we tend to judge these people because we don't know them but when you gather with people then what happens is you begin to get to know people, and as you begin to know them and hear their stories, you realize they're just like you. Then you're not so 
quick to oppress them and be unjust and judgmental towards them. So I'm suggesting today that the, a very important step towards creating a just society right where you are is creating gatherings right where you are. And it could be a neighborhood gathering. We'll talk about that later. could be all kinds of things. And I'll give you some practical ways later. But uh, how uh, do we take it from a gathering towards social justice. How can a barbecue in the backyard become a way to social justice? Well, the first way is by being with the people you're with. And by the way, inviting people to your barbecue, for example, that you don't know. And getting to know them. Maybe it's a neighbor on the, your street that you've never really met. And building a relationship with them, building their trust. And after you've built their trust, invite them to a second, a third gathering, a picnic, neighborhood party, whatever it is. And as you do that, begin to ask the people in your gatherings what injustices they see in the world or in your neighborhood. This will open our eyes to things we can't see. And don't be surprised. You may think you know all the injustices that exist, but if you have gatherings and you ask people what injustices they see, you might be surprised at the things you didn't even realize existed that needed our attention. Now, this doesn't have to be a formal discussion. It's not like you have to say, now everybody, and take your fork and ring the glass, and say, we're going to gather and talk about the injustices in the world. Just bring it up casually in conversation. You're all you know, enjoying the food, you're laughing, and you say, hey, you know, I got a question, something that's been on my mind, and people listen and say, you know, what injustices do you think exist in our neighborhood? Just something I've been thinking about lately, or what injustices do you see in the world? And just start that discussion, and and if you don't, if you think somebody's wrong in their answer on that, don't say, I, I disagree with you, just listen, and allow it to be. So asking people what injustice they see. Now, in gatherings to create, to move towards social justice, you can also share something you see and ask people uh, what their solutions would be that they see. Again, this opens our thinking more. It can be an informal discussion, but by saying, now I see such and such injustice. What do you all think would be a solution to that? You know, I see a real problem with a lot more homeless people showing up in our neighborhood. What do you think is a solution? And you might be surprised at some of the solutions you hadn't thought of. And you're like, oh, that's a pretty cool idea. I mean, over the years, even though I've worked extensively with the homeless population, I've had people, just random people, pop up and give answers and solutions to homelessness. And it's like, that's a really cool idea. I hadn't thought of that. So, you know, those kinds of things. Or... By saying, okay, we've, as maybe the discussion gets more and more involved, maybe you can have more gatherings and say, hey, you know, let's start figuring out if we can work together on this and maybe see some solutions uh, uh, to this. I don't know. It's just an idea. Uh, just a thought. Now, I want to take a break for a moment uh, from our discussion. Get back to it in a moment. I want to talk about an email that I got from a listener. And I appreciate the listeners who do send emails. I love your feedback. I like your ideas. 
And one person wrote to me and shared with me how this podcast has been a blessing to them and how they're really thinking harder and beginning to implement some strategies in their neighborhood and some practical things that they've learned from this podcast. Man, that makes me so excited. And I love that. And so email me. Give me your ideas on gatherings, maybe things you've done or some things you've thought of or would like to do. Email me if you need help and you're stuck on an idea. Email me and ask for my feedback. I'll be glad to help you. Or just tell me what you're doing, your ideas on using gatherings, fun, family, friends, neighborhood gatherings in a way that moves towards social justice and just building of community, just that building of community. Uh, give me your feedback, your ideas. Uh, I would love to hear from you. And also in the email, let me know if you would like me to read your email on the podcast. Now, let's break down some ideas on uh, how to create gatherings. Now, first of all, what do we want to do with these gatherings? We want to, first of all, build relationship create community, and then if it feels right, move it towards the work of social justice within your area. But as I've mentioned some barbecues, neighborhood parties, let's just break down neighborhood parties. You know, so a lot of neighborhoods during the summertime will get city permits and have their street shut down for like four or five hours, maybe on a Saturday evening or Saturday afternoon. And then they have a party. They just have lots of food and stuff. And they even will allow vendors to sell their products. And that might be an act of justice right there. You, you, you have your street shut down for a few hours, maybe on Saturday when it's not terribly disruptive to people needing access to the street. And you, uh, just have food, have music, have live music. <clears throat> if you're 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 uh, wanting to maybe think more of reaching out to immigrants, find immigrants who've come here who have the music from their culture, have them say, "Hey, we want you to perform at our neighborhood party." Or having vendors from people who are refugees and immigrants who create products by hand. Uh, maybe it's from their culture, maybe not, but just you know, saying, hey, we want to promote you and just come to our neighborhood party and <clears throat> just be there, sell your stuff if you want. You know, just make it light. Again, social justice doesn't have to be this ultra serious, ultra focused, we're going to tackle this problem kind of a thing, which by the way, it just seems like when I see these social justice warriors, I think, man, these people are miserable, <laughs> angry. And they're, they're about to snap, you know, it's like, well, social justice doesn't have to be that way. The work can be fun. It can be light. Yeah. Sometimes it's heavy. I'm telling you, I have times I cry. Sometimes I feel an emotional burden because of the people I'm serving and hearing their stories and, 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 and feeling their trauma. But at the same time, it can also have that light touch to it. And so neighborhood party where you're doing things to gather people, to get people to know each other. And that's really your ultimate goal in a gathering is getting people who maybe either know each other together so they can get to know each other better or 
get people together that don't know each other so they can get to know each other. Because the more we know each other as humans, the more compassion we have towards each other, the less likely we're going to be unjust towards each other. The people we tend to judge are the people we don't know or we know very little of. But once we get to hear people's story and get to know what makes them tick and what their passions are, then we realize, oh, this person needs mercy from me, not judgment. This person needs me to go the extra mile for them, not to oppress them further by my actions. You know, you might hear a neighbor who has immigrated from China and you hear of the horrors of child slave labor there. And you're like, oh my goodness, I cannot buy products from this org- from this a corporation anymore because they use child slave labor. You know, it's just those things that opens our eyes because we're getting to know who people really are. You know, it's one thing to hear about the immigrants and refugees coming through the southern border and to judge them like, oh, they're all part of the cartel. They're bringing drugs in. They should they're ruining our economy. It's one thing, but the it's a whole nother thing to know them by name, to see their children, to see their eyes, to hear how life was before their country collapsed to hear how life was good for them, what their dreams are, what they had to endure to get here and what they're enduring once they get here and what they hope for their families. Once you get to know that you're like, good grief. These are just humans like me. They've just had some circumstances that are very undesirable. So I encourage you to do that. Use gatherings, get to know people. I remember one time, I was out on the Springwater Trail, and I may have shared this story before, but I was out on the Springwater Trail in Portland, out in outer southeast Portland, and Springwater Trails is miles long, bike trail. It starts in downtown Portland, goes down to the Lamp River, and then it heads east out to the eastern suburbs, southeastern suburbs of Portland, and, and it goes way out away from the city. And lots of bike riders you see on this, people walking, cuts through a lot of neighborhoods. But the path is only like three, four feet wide. It's just enough for two bikes to pass each other. And I remember one time on one the stretches of the path by 82nd Avenue, which is one of the more undesirable parts of Portland, there were all these homeless people camping next to the trail. And on the other side of the trail was all these neighborhoods with houses and homeowners and homeowners kept calling the police on the homeless. The homeless kept hating the homeowners. And I said, wait, we got division. We got to do something here. So what I did is I created a gathering space and I, I said, and so I had the homeless and the homeowners there. And it was kind of funny, comical, because you got the homeless standing on one side of the path and the homeowners on the other side of the path and nobody wanted to look at each other. And I finally said, hey, guys, why don't you get to know each other, introduce yourselves? And nobody would do it. The homeless looked at me and said, we're not introducing ourselves to them because they're always calling the cops on us. And the homeowner's like, we're not talking to them because they're always loud at night and causing problems. So I finally pulled to uh, one of the homeless individuals grabbed him by the shirt and one of the homeowners, and I pulled them physically together. I said, now start talking to each other. And they did. And eventually they started all talking to each other. And I stepped back and after a while they were laughing. They were telling jokes. They were telling stories. And one man 
stepped out of the crowd and came up to me. He's like, Michael, he's like, man, these people have real stories. I can't believe the stuff they've been through, what they're going through. Is it all right if we do such and such a project in our neighborhood for them? I said, you can do whatever you want. And after a while, I stepped away and got in my car and drove off because my work was done. I created the gathering space, and once they gathered, they began to know each other. And because they began to know each other by name, they began to want to relate. And the homeowners wanted to serve the people in the streets. The people in the streets wanted to connect with the homeowners. And I remember later on, a few days later, one of the homeless said, we're going to make sure that we do, do not harm this neighborhood. Why? Why did the homeless suddenly not want to harm that neighborhood? Because they got to know who was in that neighborhood, that these are real humans inside those houses. You see, gathering creates knowledge, and knowledge creates love for the other. So you see, social justice does not have to be this ultra-serious adventure, though at times it will be, but it can include fun and laughter and working together. And I encourage you, to take the super radical, insane, earth-shaking step of having a barbecue in your backyard and of gathering with neighbors and friends and getting to know each other as you seek to create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.